Uh, MVP Lane serves every type of bowler for pro to novice. Get to MVP Lanes, 3810 Lake Avenue, just off Coliseum Boulevard, or go to MVPLanes.com. You're the sultan of strikes at MVP Lanes, and that makes Mama proud. If it's after lunch, I probably wouldn't have fed him to the tigers. I get a little ornery when I'm hungry, and timing is everything, people. That's why my sportsbook app has live in-game betting for football. I don't care if the game has already started. If the time to make your moves in the second half, go for it. Season's got you. Must be 21. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Save on your next project during Menard's last 11% rebate sale of 2021. Update your home with a master craft door built just for you. Start a bathroom remodel and save on a new vanity. Update your kitchen with the largest in-stock appliance selection to take home today at the lowest prices. Menard's last 11% rebate sale of 2021 is good through Wednesday, November 24th. Savings are mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money at Menard's. Broadcasting live from the Masters Heating and Cooling Studios, this is WKJG 1380 AM, 100.9 FM, Fort Wayne, Indiana, The Fan. This is an exclusive presentation of high school sports on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM. This is the High School Coaches Show. Here's your host, Justin Kenny. Welcome in, everyone, to the High School Coaches Show. It's a Thursday night. That means we're here talking area high school football and basketball. As we'll get into some high school basketball action in the second half hour of the show. But we got semi-state football to talk about. And a couple games coming up tomorrow night, both East Side and Adams Central playing for a berth in the state championship game next Friday slash Saturday, Adam Central, if they win, will play at noon on Friday. East side, if they win, will play at noon on Saturday. Some big challenges coming up for both teams, and we're going to jump right into it as we start the show with East side coach Todd Mason, who joins us right now. Coach, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Justin? Doing well, Coach, and congratulations. Took another step forward. You got another step tomorrow but before we talk about andrea and let's talk about eastbrook um it's a very difficult team to contain even if you know exactly what they're going to do but uh, take us through the game plan for the panthers and and how you executed it we did and um you know my hat's off to coach soon our defensive coordinator um he has been a master at uh defending wing t slash option teams from the get-go. Um, he's, he's got a system down that, that's awesome, and I would love to tell you what that system is, but I'm not going to let anybody <laughs> know what that system is. I assure you of that. Um, but uh, he, he's done a great job of doing that for, for five years, and, uh, you know, offensively we did what we needed to do. Um, we milked the clock. We four and five, popped a few big ones. Um you know, our offensive line is playing pretty darn good football right now, and I expect that to happen again on Friday. And, uh, you know, our community is, is just – I, I wish you guys could just drive through Butler right now and, and see what's going on. Um, uh, one of our parents challenged our community to put green lights out on their porches and every house in the Butler school, the East side school district is lit up in green. And 
It's just been, it, 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 it's fantastic. I, I, I can't describe the mood of our community right now, and it, they're truly all in, and um, they're certainly proud of our kids, and so am I. Yeah, and, and uh, a home game, too. You, you had Eastbrook last week. You get Andrean at home this week, 8 o'clock kickoff here Eastern time. So uh, I can't imagine uh, the environment that we're going to have out there tomorrow night. Well, I, the atmosphere at Eastbrook was, was electric. I'm just going to say that. Um, and I, I anticipated it to be even bigger than what it was on last Friday. Um, our, our people are, are coming out supporting our dudes, and it's going to be awesome. I, I, I can't wait to get to the game. I'll be honest with you. I've been antsy since about noon today, and I, <laughs> I got to quit drinking my Mountain Dews or it makes it worse. And, and so I'm just ready to get to this game on, on tomorrow night, and let's throw down and, and see what happens. Coach, I'm sure you've done a, a lot of advanced scouting and preparation for Andrean. Uh, tell me what you've seen uh, from the Fighting 59ers that's, uh, that really stands out for them. Well, I mean, it, it, it starts with their number 34. I mean, I'm sure everybody knows who he is. Uh, you know, he's a five-star commit to Notre Dame, and uh, he's only a junior. And... Uh, you know, we, we've got to do some things to make sure that uh, he doesn't beat us. And, uh, you know, that's getting hats on him on both sides of the ball and, and doing things that that slow him down a little bit. Uh, the quarterback is pretty good. I'm not going to lie. He's a sophomore. He's thrown for over 2,500 yards, um, a lot of touchdowns, and, and they've got some dudes on the outside that can just flat and go. And uh, I've I mean, honestly, let's be honest, very similar to Bishop Lures. Yeah. They're, they're, they're very similar to Bishop Lures offensively. Uh, you know, defensively, they're a 5-2 defense. Well, I, I let me restate that. They're a 3-4 defense. Um, and uh, they do some things that are that uh, we got to make sure we're getting hats on hats. They like to blitz a little bit. Um, they have some skilled dudes in the secondary that, that are dangerous and and, uh, you know, controlling the clock is going to be a big part of this, making sure we keep their offense off the field. Uh, we've got to play great special teams, change, flip the field on them a little bit, and, uh, you know, just play 40, 48 solid minutes of East Side football. Coach, you mentioned just how great that offensive line has been throughout the course of this year. And, you know, tomorrow night may arguably be their biggest test. You mentioned Drake Bowen, the five-star linebacker, but also guys like Jaden Marsh up front uh, on the edge. He's 6'5". He leads the team in sacks and tackles for loss. Uh, in terms of what your front line is going to have to deal with uh, tomorrow night, I mean, is this their biggest test of the year? I would say so, yes. Um and, and, you know, we're in semi-state football, Justin. There's not a – they're good. Yeah. Everybody's good. Um, what we've got to do is, is just make sure that we impose our will on them a little bit and, and make sure that we're playing intense physical football. And uh, the way our guys have been playing for the last few weeks, um, I anticipate that's going to happen. And, and, you know, we got to do some things – that, uh, you know, maybe we haven't had to do in the last few weeks. 
How beneficial was it to play Bishop Lures? Because you said a lot of the principles that Andrean brings offensively, you face against Bishop Lures. How much did that game help you preparing for this one? Huge amounts. Um, you know, we spent a lot of time. I'm, 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 I'm not disrespecting any of our opponents after week five because I'm not doing that. Um, what I'm, what I'm saying is that you know we had the ability to start working on some things. Um, because the team's week five on didn't throw it very much. We could spend some time on working on people that like to dish the ball out. And, uh, you know, we developed some things that, that we implemented against lures that obviously are going to be very similar to what we do against Andrean tomorrow night. Coach, I thought a, a unit that played tremendously well against Bishop Lures was your secondary, and I think they're going to be key tomorrow night as well. Um, guys like Muncie and Eck and Bredemeyer, um, you know, 16 interceptions on the season for you guys. A lot of them have come from that secondary. So what has made them so good, maybe a little overlooked, and how have they risen to the challenge here in the 2A playoffs? Well, What's happened is we developed some different things that highlight the abilities of each one of those guys in the secondary. And, uh, hey, I'm, I'm telling you, it was a year-long process. It, we, we didn't have it um, in the first few weeks of the season. And uh, it was a, just a constant of, of trying to make sure we're putting kids in a position to be successful in the secondary as opposed to trying to – a, a square peg in a round hole. And, uh, you know, we did some things a year ago in the secondary that we thought we could do this year, and we found out we couldn't. And, you know, let's just go back to the drawing board and let's fix it and, and let's do what these kids can do as opposed to what we've done in the past. And, I, you know, Coach Smith and the secondary, our DB's coach, has done a fantastic job. And, and the communication between him and, and Coach Schoon on Friday night has really been monumental in the development of our secondary because we, I, the communication part of, you know, are we going to bring heat on this player? If we are, you know, maybe we got to get a little tighter on our coverage. And, and that has been the, the real benefit of Coach Smith and Coach Schoon and, and what we're doing in the secondary. He's Coach Todd Mason, Eastside Blazers, joining us here on the High School Coaches Show. And, uh, Coach, let's talk about Laban Davis. We always have to every every time we have you on. And uh, another great week for him last week. But uh, in terms of the challenges for that offense and, and, and execution is going to be huge uh, tomorrow night. In terms of preparation, uh, is, is this offensive unit, particularly with Laban, I don't think you could put anything past him, but I feel, you know, is he up for another big game tomorrow? Well, if you're worried about Laban Davis, <laughs> you, might, you might want to do something else. Is that one thing you haven't been stressing about this week? What's that? Is that one thing you haven't been stressing about this week? No, is I'm Laban not stressing about show? whether Laban's ready to play this week. <laughs> um, I assure you that. You know, you're saying a lot of, uh, of, of the things that Laban Davis is really good at. And, 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 you know, he's a great runner. He's a great thrower. The, the thing that Laban Davis has become this year is a monumental leader. Um, and that's what's more impressive to me. It, hey, the guy's a phenomenal athlete. We all know that. Um, 
but the maturation of him becoming a leader is is what's really cool to me as a coach and and our staff as well and and he's willing to, to throw as many people on his back as he's got to carry in order to make sure we get a W and you know, I've, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I am certainly glad he's on my team. <laughs> uh, it's much more difficult if you have to ch- prepare for him instead of utilizing him, for sure. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I mean, people tell me they're going to spy him all the time. They're going to do this all the time, and it really doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> you know, you can only do so many things with 11 guys across from you. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Right. And, 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 and this isn't the NFL, all right? In the NFL, can you spy some? You can. Um, but in high school football, it's really hard to do that. Right. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to see what, what Andrean's going to do. I'm, I'm sure we're going to have to make adjustments just as we did a week ago and two weeks ago. Um, that's what's fun about playoff football. Uh I can't wait. Like I said, I can't wait, and uh, we'll see what happens when when the whistle blows at 8 p.m. tomorrow night. Coach, uh, you know, when we talk about that offense and Laban Davis, do you approach, and we won't get into schematics here, but do you approach in terms of game plan uh, the same thing every week, or do you try to anticipate what an opponent is going to try to do? You know, you, you say, okay, Bishop Lures, they're going to try to do this against Laban Davis in this offense. Eastbrook's trying to try to do this, so we're going to do this. Or do you go into a game and say, hey, we're going to maybe adjust on the fly, but we're going in with our, our general principles, um, you know, to start off every single game? If you try to change your offense in a week, um, you only have a week to do it. You understand what I'm saying there? That that's not really good football. Now, do, do we have the ability to make simple adjustments within the framework of what we do? Yes, is the answer. And every week's going to change. I mean, shoot, we went from playing, you know, Lewis played a pro four three defense against us. Eastbrook played a 3-5, which has been a, a, a Achilles heel of mine as an offensive coordinator for years. We did some good things adjustment-wise there. And, uh, you know, they're going to play a 3-4 against us, which, you know, principle-wise, they do a lot more 5-2 principle than they do 3-4. And so we're going to have to do some things. And uh, the good thing about it is our kids know the adjustment, too. It is, we're going into this knowing that we're probably going to have to make some. And, and you know, we practice the adjustments as well. And uh, I'm, I'm fully confident that they're going to have the ability to do whatever it takes to try to get a win on Friday night. What's tomorrow night come down to? Mistake-free football, number one. Um, turnovers are going to be huge, uh, absolutely huge. We can't turn the ball over, and we got to take a few away from them. And, uh, you know, special teams has always been a priority of ours at Eastside. Uh, we, and we've got to be able to flip that field position. Um, and, you know, of course, tackling the ball carrier or tackling the guy in space is, is going to be huge as well. And, and <laughs> I'm not telling anybody anything. What I'm saying is you just got to play good fundamental football, and if you do that, you're going to put yourself in a position to win. All right, buddy. We can't wait. I know you can't wait. It'll be a lot of fun uh, in Butler tomorrow night. Can't wait to get up there. I'm sure it's going to be pretty crazy. 
Hey, good luck. Let's get a dub tomorrow, all right? Hey, real quick, if I could, thank you for all that, Justin, by the way. And But I do want to wish Coach Mosier the best of luck. Um, my favorite game of the football season every year is week two, and we get an opportunity to play them. And, and uh, their staff is a class act, and, and their program is top-notch. And I want to wish Adam Central nothing but the best of luck. Get down there to the oil can, and let's do this thing. Absolutely. Let's have some representation both days next weekend. Thanks, yes, buddy. Sir. Yes, sir. All right, man. Thank you, Justin. Good luck tomorrow night. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yep. That was Coach Todd Mason, Eastside Blazers, joining us to kick off the high school coaches show. We got the other side of things. The Andrean Fighting 59ers head coach Chris Skinner will join us when we come back. Bryce Vance a little later on, and we'll talk some basketball as well as we're in that transition period. Girls basketball underway. Boys basketball gets started next week, but we'll continue the talk on the semi-state football scene when we come back. You are listening to the High School Coaches Show on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. The Colts hit the road this weekend and traveled to Buffalo to take on the Bills in week 11 of the NFL season. The Colts have evened their record on the year at 5-5 five and five and have won five of their last seven games. Join me, Matt Taylor, Rick Venturi, and Lara Overton on Sunday for countdown to kickoff beginning at noon, followed by game action at 1. The Colts fell to the Bills last year in the AFC wildcard game and look for payback on Sunday. Don't miss a minute of the action right here on your home for the Colts. 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com radio. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. I'm just texting him back. I'm just posting a story. I'm just changing the song. I'm just... No. When it comes to distracted driving, just don't. Sending a text takes your eyes off the road for just five seconds, but in that time, your car can travel the length of an entire football field. Any distracted driving just isn't worth it. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Project Yellow Light and the Ad Council. People used to offer help to police officers in danger. Now they take a video instead. Use your phone to call 911. Then find out how you can help. The National Police Association can show you more about how to assist law enforcement at nationalpolice.org. Charlie did not die from an overdose. Charlie was poisoned. Websites and social media selling fake medicines may look legitimate, but they're not. He died in less than 15 minutes after taking the pill. Any medication not purchased from a licensed pharmacy could be deadly. No other family should go through this. This is horrific. Go to safe.pharmacy. Learn about fake medicine on social media and if an online pharmacy is safe. 
doesn't take a brain surgeon to know ticks suck. But what you might not know is that they don't just suck blood way out in the woods. Those creepy little bugs can be anywhere all year long. And I do mean little. They can be smaller than the head of a pin. But big trouble comes in these small, gross packages. Even a tiny tick can make you super sick. So what's the most important tip to avoid getting bit? Well, duh, pay attention. Remember, ticks can be just about anywhere outdoors. Then spray attention with an EPA-registered insect repellent. Wearing long socks and other protective clothing is a good idea, too. When you come back inside, shower. And always remember, check for ticks everywhere. And if you do get a tick bite, don't panic. Tell an adult. And visit ticksuck.org to learn how to remove it properly. Ticks suck, but being outdoors shouldn't. Go to ticksuck.org for more information. Ticksuck.org. Now back to the High School Coaches Show on Fort Wayne Sports Station. 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome to the Back to the High School Coaches Show. I'm Justin Kenny. John Graham here producing for us here till 7 o'clock. Talking area high school football and basketball. We'll talk a little basketball in the second half hour. Coming up later tonight here on 1380 The Fan, right after us, 7.05, you can hear Inside IU Football with head coach Tom Allen as they continue to struggle, the Hoosiers. Uh, they have a game this weekend and then the old Oaken Bucket game over Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, later on this evening, Thursday night football, Patriots-Falcons from Atlanta. Coverage starts at 8 o'clock. Of course, tomorrow night... On these very same airwaves, you can hear Caleb Hatch and Shannon Griffith with the call from Butler as the Eastside Blazers will host the Andrean Fighting 59ers in the Class 2A North Semi-State game. We talked to head coach Todd Mason about the Blazers. Now let's talk about the Fighting 59ers with Andrean head coach Chris Skinner. Coach, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for taking some time to talk to us. I know it's uh, it's been a busy week, and and uh, we wanted to talk a little Fighting 59ers football here. And, and before we get into the game tomorrow night, take us through uh, a regional championship win last week, a 35-8 to victory uh, over LaVille. How'd you guys get it done? Yeah, our defense played extremely well. LaVille uh, is kind of a, a power gap scheme running team. Um, athletic quarterback, good line up front, uh, and our defense really kind of set the tone. Um, kind of won the won the battle at the line of scrimmage, uh, which helped us win the the field position game. Um, got on the board early on our first two drives in offense. Um, kind of took them out of their game a little bit, playing from behind, and, and just kind of um, took it from there. Coach, this defense has been playing very well since the onset of, of the sectional uh, after losing at Lowell, which is a very good Lowell team in Week 9. Uh, what has been the difference here in the 2A playoffs for that defensive unit? You know, I think uh, on defense throughout the entirety of this year, there's there's just been steady growth. Um, you know, we've, we've, we've kind of mixed up where some guys are playing. Um, we've done a couple things schematically. Um, and, and, but at the end of the day, the players really deserve a lot of credit for just kind of getting better at what we're doing. You know, that we we're playing really well up to that week nine game. Um, you know, that was that was a, a tough loss for us because, the you know, we win that, we win outright conference. And the uh, team hadn't done that in our conference since, I don't know, 2013 and 14, I think so. Um, but we were kind of take away from that game that we did a lot of things that were uncharacteristic of how we had been playing. Um, but... Like I said, it, it defensively, it's really been kind of market improvement throughout the entire year. 
Coach, uh, some people around here, Notre Dame fans, are familiar with the name Drake Bowen. He's your uh, five-star linebacker, a junior. Uh, what makes him so dangerous uh, on that defense? And he also, you know, gets some playing time offensively as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's a phenomenal athlete. Um, you know, you're not going to get recruited like uh, like he has by the schools that he has without without being a, a good athlete. Um, but he's really versatile. Uh, he actually played outside linebacker for us the last couple of years as a freshman and sophomore. Um, started the year at outside this year, but uh, we wanted to move him inside to kind of get him uh, involved in the action more often. Um, and he's another one of those guys that if you kind of watch his technique at inside linebacker, because you know, it's really different from outside, um, it's gotten better and better and better. Um, and the best thing about Drake is he really is a student of the game. Like, he watches a ton of film. If you watch his huddle time, he's, he's always got some of the highest huddle times logged. Um, and so he has a familiarity um, with his assignments, with, with the opponents that he's playing. So, so now he can, he can play on that athleticism. He can play on those instincts. Um, you know, he's reacting to what he's seeing ahead of him. So you've got to throw it all together. And, um, you know, I think that's, again, why a lot of these schools have, have obviously recruited him so highly. And then that's also what's made him successful as a football player. Coach, someone else that stood out uh, to me from that defensive front seven is Jaden Marsh. He's long, he's tall, he's lean. He's a guy that leads you in sacks and tackles for loss. Uh, he feels like, to me, potentially the biggest uh, mismatch for Eastside, or at least the biggest um, you know, challenge for that front line. Uh, how good is Jaden Marsh for you? Yeah, he's a talented individual. Um, you know, I think he's, he's somebody that, um, you know, sometimes when you see guys that are that tall, they, they have... A difficult time bending, you know, kind of maximizing the power that they have and can generate um, because football at the end of the day is a leverage game. Um, so I think what makes Jaden effective is that he does a pretty good job of playing with leverage. Um, and he's so long that, you know, it, it's, it's a difficult matchup for, for many offensive linemen because, you know, once he gets those, those long arms extended, you know, as an offensive player, if you can't get into the chest of a defender, um, then it becomes difficult to drive and dictate the direction you want to move them. So, um, you know, I think those things combined, uh, Jaden really uses his strength uh, and his length to, to his advantage. Coach, offensively, again, Drake Bowen leaves you in rushing with 15 touchdowns, but really impressed with the sophomore quarterback, Scott Ballantyne. I know he has a wealth of weapons, one of which I, I imagine his older brother, Robert. Is that correct? Yes, his older brother. Okay, and uh, it seems like he's got a host of weapons, but for a sophomore to step in, throw for almost 2,600 yards, 26 touchdowns for you, I don't know what, pro I don't care what program you're playing for, that's impressive. So what did you see out of Scott to trust him as a sophomore with this offense? You know, that's a good question. We, um, quarterback position is really, really important in our offense. Um, with our RPO schemes, everything goes through our quarterback. So on any given play, he's not only making a decision about where the ball goes, but what are his reads, dictating the line of scrimmage. Uh, it's just a lot. And, um, you know, for a sophomore to come in and do that, we, we knew first and foremost that he had to handle the mental side of it. Um, and he's a really bright kid. I actually taught him in honors biology last year as a freshman. He got an A in my class. He's a 4.0 plus GPA student. Um, I think he's gotten straight A's so far in his, his three semesters. So that was important for us, just knowing that mentally he could handle kind of all we, we were going to throw at him. Uh, but then on top of that, you know, there's still just the performance side of it, right? The physical side of it. Um, and we've been very happy because, you know, we, we've gotten the schemes with him this year that, that quite honestly we weren't expecting to get to, you know, um, things that we haven't done since Zach Merrill was playing quarterback for us, who, who's now playing at, at IU. Um, and so that's really a credit to Scott and his preparation and his understanding of 
out of what we need him to do and what we ask him to do. Um, and yeah, you know, I think playing with his brother probably is uh, you know a nice security blanket, knowing knowing that you got somebody out there who who's always on the same page as you. Coach, around here we talk about teams that are able to play up during the regular season that really pays off when they get into the playoffs. Teams like Bishop Lures and Concordia around here. You guys were able to do that in the Northwest Northwest Crossroads. Had success in the league, but also out of conference. You go up to Michigan and play Grand Rapids Catholic. You play Miraville, who's still alive. Crown Point, who's always pretty solid as a 6A foe. Uh, you know, East Chicago, ECC as well. Uh, how has those games, how those games and the league uh, slate really prepared you for what so far has been a dominant performance in Class 2A? Yeah, you know, I think um, there's something to be said for competition. Um, you know, I, I, I would like to consider myself a competitor, not just from the standpoint of, oh, I like to compete, but just like I enjoy big games and competition. So, like, I think there's a part of that of being in big games, being in rivalry games, like playing Maribel. We have a lot of kids who are from the Crown Point area. Um, being in those environments um, is something for helpful because, you know, as you get deeper into the playoffs, obviously the stakes get higher. So, you know, that's part of it. Um, and then obviously the, the physical side of it, you know, um, you know, playing teams that, you know, physically are probably bigger than you uh, or deeper than you. Um, but finding ways and understanding, you know, what are our strengths, what are our weaknesses, what can we take advantage uh, and then especially, you know, the recovery process, you know, okay, well, we played Maryville week one. Well, got to recover, get ready to go to play Crown Point. All right, well, that, now we got to play Grand Rapids Catholic Central. So that also becomes important as you get deeper in the playoffs and, you you know, it's a grind uh, week after week. So, you know, I think all of that outside of the, the fact that, yeah, we're playing good competition, um, I think all those other intangibles are important too. And I think, you know, we've kind of seen some of that um, in our playoff run here that we've kind of benefited from, you know, that, that challenging schedule. All right, Coach, let's talk a little bit about Eastside and the Blazers, the team you guys have to contend with tomorrow night. What have you seen on tape? What do you guys need to be ready for? Yeah, they're a really good team, obviously. Um, you know, their offensive line is impressive, um, you know, a player. Uh, you can just tell he's a really smart football player, too, just the way he sets up blocks. Um, you know, you look at the raw stats, obviously, you know, that's impressive in and of itself. But then, you know, when you really watch him play, uh, there's a lot of little things that he does that, you know, um, you know, he might turn a – a one-yard gain into a, a seven-yard gain just because of his patience or the way he sets up a block. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, that's also a credit to, to the guys up front that are blocking for him. Uh, you know, their tailback, Dax, is, he's, uh, he's obviously getting downhill all the time. Um, you know, I don't know that I've ever seen him being tackled backwards. Um, and then defensively, they, they fly around. Um, again, you can tell that they're coached well. They got, you know, an intensity and a passion for, for playing physically. Um, and so these are all signs of a well-coached team, a, a team that's motivated. Um, you know, I, I think from our perspective, you know, I think, I don't know, maybe you can comment on this specifically, but I think it was kind of a, a, a given from a lot of people that Lures would represent the North uh, or maybe Eastbrook. Um, but, you know, you watch those, the, the Eastside games against those two teams, there was no accident of, of Eastside winning. Um, you know, those, uh, those, were, those were good wins, um, and you watch those games. And, uh, you know, you can't help but walk away but uh, without being impressed.
Yeah, I mean, speaking for, for Northeast Indiana, yeah, the expectation was Bishop Lures, particularly with how they, you know, had success in the SAC against bigger schools in the regular season, and everybody thought, you know, they were stacked, and Eastside had a great game plan to kind of, uh, you know, play keep away from them, limit the possessions, and Lures wasn't able to maximize those possessions. So, yeah, most definitely a lot of people around here uh, were shocked for sure. But, uh, you know, Coach, final question before we let you go in terms of the we, we mentioned those road trips you guys made to Michigan. I know Merrillville and Crown Point aren't too far away, but um, big games on the road. You had to go to Whiting, which is uh, seriously one of my favorite places to watch a football game. Went up there for a semi-state game against Woodland several years yeah. ago. Uh, it was icy. It was snowy. You could hear the lake. You know, trains right are going by lake. constantly. Yeah. Uh, and you guys played there on the road back-to-back -back years. So how do trips like that prepare you for heading to Butler tomorrow night? You know, that's a good question. I don't know. Obviously, there's, you know, a familiarity with long-distance travel sitting on a bus. Um, so, you know, maybe there's that. And, you know, maybe we can learn a little bit of, you know, how to handle that. Um, but, I, you know, at the end of the day, I don't I don't know how much of a factor that plays. You know, at the end of the day, you got to show up. you got to execute the game plan. you got to be ready to play. Um, you know, I'd love to host a semi-state, right, a little bit easier logistically, kind of more in your comfort zone. Um, so hopefully the fact that we, you know, we did travel to Grand Rapids on a Saturday and, um, yeah, we, we have had some long distance games where we've had to travel to Hopefully that helps a little bit, but, um, you know, traveling across the state, we're excited for the opportunity and just the fact that, Hey, you know, there's, there's four teams left in two way. Um, you know, and us and East side are, are, are going to fight for a chance to represent the North and, and that's pretty special. Coach, I appreciate the time. Thanks a lot. Uh, I know you're a busy guy, particularly on the eve of a semi-state game. So uh, appreciate the time. Good luck tomorrow night. Thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. That was head coach Chris Skinner of the Andrean Fighting 59ers. His team 10-3. and three. They've swept through the Class 2A playoffs. They've won in, in, the, uh, in the postseason 44-6, to 28-2, 49-0, and 35 to eight last week, knocking off LaVille for a regional championship. So Andrean looking to go back to the state championship game for the first time since 2014 when they lost to Tri-West in the state championship. That was a team in Andrean that narrowly beat Lures in the semi-state. But uh, two years ago, these current seniors for Andrean played in the semi-state and lost at Eastbrook. So this team uh, is accustomed to deep runs. Has, has not gotten to state in a minute, but definitely a, uh, a traditional power program in the Northwest. They will take on the Eastside Blazers, who, again, trying to make their first ever trip to Indianapolis for a state championship. 8 o'clock kickoff tomorrow night in Butler, 7 o'clock Central time. Similar kickoff time for Adams Central and North Judson. AC, of course, will go on the road tomorrow night at the Blue Jays. That game will kick off 8 o'clock Central, or excuse me, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central. So if you're heading out there, make sure you, uh, you factor in that time change as you head to North Judson. We're going to take a break, come back. We'll talk a little football, a little basketball with our friend Bryce Vance when we come back. You're listening to the High School Coaches Show, 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Every season starts with a dream. It's about sprints in the summer, weights in the winter, and long nights in the film room. Every ache, every sacrifice, every bump in the road has been leading to this. The Boilermakers head to Ripley Field this weekend playing Northwestern. It's time to boiler up and hammer down here on the Boilermakers Sports Network from Learfield on Fort Wayne Sports Station. 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM. It doesn't take a brain 
brain surgeon to know ticks suck. But what you might not know is that they don't just suck blood way out in the woods. Those creepy little bugs can be anywhere all year long. And I do mean little. They can be smaller than the head of a pin. But big trouble comes in these small, gross packages. Even a tiny tick can make you super sick. So what's the most important tip to avoid getting bit? Well, duh, pay attention. Remember, ticks can be just about anywhere outdoors. Then spray attention with an EPA-registered insect repellent. Wearing long socks and other protective clothing is a good idea, too. When you come back inside, shower. And always remember, check for ticks everywhere. And if you do get a tick bite, don't panic. Tell an adult. And visit ticksuck.org to learn how to remove it properly. Ticks suck, but being outdoors shouldn't. Go to ticksuck.org for more information. Ticksuck.org. Attention highly skilled tradesmen. Local 166, the Plumbers and Steam Fitters Union, is now hiring. If you have plumbing, pipe fitting, HVAC, or pipe welding experience, or are interested in getting into an apprenticeship for this industry, the union is looking to hire you. They've been around for 122 years and are the standard for the industry. Start immediately and receive great pay, paid health care that is not taken out of your wages, amazing retirement benefits, and even a family medical center on site, free to all members and their families. This is a chance to advance your career to its fullest potential. If you are interested, contact the construction recruiter today at 260-417-8356. The number again is 417-8356 or text 166 to 46862. If you have plumbing, pipe fitting, HVAC, or pipe welding experience, make the call today to the construction recruiter and change your life at 417-8356. Call now, Equal Opportunity Employer. Here's more from the High School Coaches Show on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM. Welcome back, everyone, to the High School Coaches Show. Sorry, my little uh, my wife uh, sent me a link to a bunch of puppies during the break. A little worried about going home. Don't worry, there's going to be one there. Uh, so, sorry, a little flustered right now. And I'm furiously texting my wife, making sure that she didn't bring a puppy home. Last thing I need right now is a puppy. So, yeah, we'll see We'll see how that goes when we get home. But we're here, here we're talking area high school football and basketball. Thank you to Coach Todd Mason and Chris Skinner in the first half hour. Broke down in detail that Andrean Eastside matchup. A little later, we'll get into Adam Central and North Judson. But let's talk to our pal and yours most assuredly, Mr. Bryce Vance of KPC Media Group. Bryce, how are you? I'm doing outstanding, and I want to hear more about this puppy. Well, I've uh, we have a Cocker Spaniel. He's seven and a cat, but I don't really count that as a pet. More of a nuisance. Um, but I've just been, uh, been uh, tagged on a Facebook post with a whole litter of puppies where we got our first Cocker Spaniel. And uh, oh, she's a, you know, so... I don't know. I don't know what's awaiting me when I get home, Bryce. Yeah, I mean that's that's the worst when you get tagged in a Facebook post <laughs> and and you know it's from you know your significant other, your mom, your grandma, and you just you just see the notification pop up and you're like, man, what am I going to get myself <laughs> into this time? Do I even want to open it? Yeah. You know, so yeah, who knows? So I'm a little stressed right now. How, but um, Bryce, before we get to, to basketball, and you know, there's already a lot to talk about on the girls' side. Boys getting started next week. Um, but in terms of East Side Andrean, 
I wanted to, to talk a little bit about that when we talked to both coaches and, you know, I'm, I, talking to coach Chris Skinner of Andrean, you know, respecting Eastside knows what Laban Davis can do. And, 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 you know, he said, you know, you know, t- he said, tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, Bishop Lures, because he said everybody kind of thought Bishop Lures was going to be that team and Eastside surprised him and then be going on to beat Eastbrook. So he's not disrespecting or overlooking Eastside at all, but, you know, can the Blazers, you know, match up, with Andrean, I mean, it's a team with a five-star linebacker. It's a team with a six-five edge rusher. It's a very dynamic offense, similar to to Bishop Lures. We know what Eastside's defense was able to do against them the first time around. But uh, I guess long, long, long question short: Can Eastside get it done for the third straight week against a team that, on paper, looks superior to them? I think so. Um, I mean, as you mentioned, it they've done it the past two weeks. And I think if you haven't already to just stop doubting Eastside because they've proven, at least in the last couple of weeks, and they've proven it in the past, they're able to go toe-to-toe with some of the top teams in Class 2A. Um, and I, I see you know tomorrow playing out no different, that it's going to be on their home field. Um, they're going to be you know comfortable um, being in their home setting. They don't have to make the long drive across the state of Indiana. I know it's going to be a later start at 8 o'clock tomorrow night, um, but um, it should still be an amazing atmosphere out there at Butler. And I I learned after doubting Eastside uh, the first time against Bishop Lures when I thought Lures was going to, you know, put up almost 50 on them and, and beat them by 30 points that I, I learned to stop doubting them after that. And now I'm I'm all for Eastside uh, making it to the state finals and, and winning the darn thing. Yeah, why not? At this point, just win the whole darn thing, huh? Right, exactly. I mean, this this team is so talented, and we've talked about them um, so many times. I think at least, at least every week we've mentioned Eastside at least once. Um, and, and it's going to be, you know, and good for, for Antrian to not look over Eastside, and I, I doubt that they would come uh, to overlook any opponent in, in a semi-state matchup. But, I mean, Eastside's definitely not overlooking um, Andrean um, not looking forward to and I know their ultimate goal is to get down to Lucas Oil both teams goal is that um, but it's you know the old mentality of one game at a time and, and tomorrow definitely provides a significant challenge with talent um, from from Andrean. Bryce before we go over to the basketball side of things you know one of the topics that, that's been talked about throughout this week of of trying to mix in some non-conference opportunities for the SAC and I think a lot of the attention goes on how it would help the Summit Athletic Conference teams whether they're great teams good teams or bad teams I think non-conference games would be beneficial I think the trickle-down effect though is it could help other conferences in the area because SAC teams could go out and and schedule East Nobles and Columbia Cities and East Sides and Leos and I kind of wanted to get your sense in covering the Northeast State and ACAC in particular in the NECC as well is mm-hmm. would that be a good thing I mean we talk so much about how it would you know help the SAC I feel like if Leo could have played a team or two better um, you know, maybe they're better prepared for Northridge or, you know, for East Noble. They don't have to wait to play Leo, you know, to get their big challenge. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Have you heard anything from, from, from coaches or, or even, you know, rumblings around of how it could help the smaller leagues around the area? 
Um, I mean, I, I think just following the example of, of a team like East Noble and a team like Angola um, who have, you know, tried to schedule these you know, tougher opponents, um, whether it's in st- inside the borders of Indiana or outside of it. I mean, Angola, you know, has traveled to, to Michigan, played Chelsea, Michigan, uh, a couple another school from Michigan, I believe, from a couple years ago. Um, and they proved that they didn't have the, the quality of team um, that they had a couple of years ago when they probably would have been able um, to better match up with them. But they still, you know, went out and scheduled um, you know, somebody else. And I think that was a product of, you know, the smaller schools in, in NECC like Prairie Heights and Fremont, they didn't want to play Angola every year because they were just getting beat up on them um, constantly and it wasn't doing any good for um, for Prairie Heights and Fremont to take those beatings, you know, every year. And, and those two programs right there have gone and sc- scheduled, you know, programs on the similar level, um, helped your program get wins. Fremont has done that. Yeah. Um, yeah, in the last couple of years, and they've, you know, picked up, you know, a, a handful of wins against some equal competition. Um, and East Noble um, mentioned, you know, multiple times that they, you know, pl- like to play teams like Plymouth, um, even though they've been down the last couple of years, but the, a program that's, you know, normally been really tough and, and plays other good quality competition. They had Northwood on the schedule the last couple of years. They would have played them earlier this year if the game hadn't been canceled for COVID complications, but, um, and it, it just, and it feels like um, it would be beneficial for an East Noble team to, to play a Bishop Lures or a Wayne or um, any, any team that would be, you know, willing to, a, a Snyder. I think that w- those would be fantastic um, around here um, because it would bring up, I think, the competition level um, of all the leagues, um, just because when you get into, um, the routine of playing the same teams over and over again, it can get kind of stale. I mean, and you can, you kind of know what to expect year to year. And it feels like there hasn't been really in the SAC, there hasn't been, you know, it feels like the, the top is kind of separated itself. Um, and it really feels like that there's no other way for programs like Wayne or for Concordia or Bishop Lures to actually get on top of the SAC. Um, and, and it feels like if they had, other ways of, of playing competition, they would be able to be more forceful in the postseason. You make a, bring a great point, and, and I don't want to sound surprised because, Bryce, you do have a lot of great points every time oh, we have you on, but you talk Prairie Heights and Fremont in particular, and these are teams that have you know struggled over the better part of, of the last decade or so, and you know Prairie Heights gets a couple wins to start the year over Whitco and and went to Michigan to get a win. Um, they struggle in the the NECC. Uh, they do beat Fremont, but then they come out and beat Woodland to start the the postseason. And, and I wonder, you know, if Prairie Heights is one and eight entering the postseason. You know, where are they at mentally? And and how much did they learn? And how much confidence did they get in those first couple of weeks, getting wins and and learning? Uh, that really helped them throughout the rest of the regular season and into the playoffs. And, and that's kind of what I look at the SAC is, is, is could Southside really benefit from that? And could Wayne benefit from that? And could Northside, I mean, I'd love to see a Northside Leo game or Northside um, East Noble mm-hmm. game or a Wayne in Columbia city. I mean, this is not just finding, you know, good opponents uh, for, you know, top level teams, but when it was eight teams in the SAC, when Harding and, and Elmhurst were gone and teams were playing you know, Chittard and Cathedral and Penn and Bishop Hartley and, and those teams in, in and out of the state. It was great. And I feel 
like it would be great to get back at, to that because it would benefit the entire region, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, just look at the last three years. I mean, we could just use the example of Eastside Bishop Lures. Like, if you could imagine those two teams playing, you know, every every other year or, or two years in a row and then bringing it back. I mean, it's it's kind of been a a budding rivalry just because they meet up in the postseason the last three years and that matchup produces a quality game every single year. Now, why wouldn't we want to see that, you know, every single year or every other year? I mean, it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't have to be the big 5A and 6A schools taking on the teams from Indianapolis. It can be matchups um, at the lower levels in 2A and 3A, you know, taking on teams like Concordia and, and a Garrett. I mean, they they faced off a couple of years ago in a semi-state, and it was a great game, and it, and it would provide matchups um, that people would want to see, they would get excited for, instead of say, seeing the same old matchup where we know a bigger team um, like a Snyder is going to pound up on, on a Concordia if they're having a down year like they did this, this year, and it would be great competition for a team like Garrett um, to see where they would be stack, you know, stacking up before they get to postseason play because they're playing more competition that's on their level rather than just seeing the same opponents that they would either beat up on or get beat up on by every single year. Yeah, no doubt. I think there's a lot of advantages to it, most definitely. But, uh, Bryce, let's talk some basketball real quick. Let's talk some girls' basketball. Uh, Garrett went on the road to Noblesville uh, last weekend and, and took a loss, a 22-point loss. But I have to feel uh, Bob Lapido is pretty excited about a 22-point loss in that it is one of the few games this year that they're going to see some really tough competition um, in terms of, of higher classes. And, and they're 3-1 and one right now. I feel like they've probably they probably learned more out of that one loss than they have out of the first three dubs. Yeah, because I think if you look at the rest of their schedule, I mean, they have Angola next week. Um, I, I think that should be a quality game. Um, and they take on the likes of Norwell and Belmont in, in, the, in the middle of December. That should be quality games. Both those teams are going to be coached very well and, and have provided difficult matchups for them in the past. And then they go at the, the around the new year. They go to a Warsaw tournament on on the 30th of December. Um, so definitely, you know, just as we're talking about, you know, trying to play um, to some competition and better yourselves. Uh, I think that you know Bob Labadot has done a great job of getting the schedule right for this year. Um, and even though they might lose some of these games, it's all how, all about how they look in those games. Um, and, and if they're, you know, going to be battle-tested once they do get into the postseason because I think they're definitely a, a favorite to win their sectional um, and, and maybe even the regional, um, but it's those, those steps in the regional and the semi-state potentially that these games will definitely help them in, in those moments because they've, you know, been battle-tested. They've either been down or have been able to hang around with some of these teams that, are either above a class or in their class, and they're able to hang with them on a, on a consistent basis. Um, and it's definitely a good measuring stick for when they do get into postseason play. In terms of in-conference, can anybody hang with Garrett, or do you see them really dominating this league uh, pretty, I don't say easily, but you know, in convincing fashion? I mean, I, I think Angola probably is probably the closest team. Uh, Fairfield, what they what they have. Uh, bringing back as well, um, Central Noble and uh, and West Noble. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to keep pace with them for four quarters, maybe maybe for a half or two and a half quarters. 
but it's going to be the teams that have been there at the top the last couple of years that are going to provide them the most challenges uh, just because the depth that Garrett has in, in its starting five and a couple of girls they bring off the bench is, 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 you know, just not outmatched. It's outmatched by any of the team that they're going to play in the conference. They should be uh, the favorites to win it, um, you know, by maybe a game or two. Um, I, I just feel like that their depth is, is far superior to what any other team in, in the NECC. But that, you know, we, we love talking about, you know, how the, the NECC big division of football was, you know, so competitive um, this season. After Garrett, it's, you know, going to be a fight for number two because there's so many teams that I think are, are really close that maybe after the number one spot, it's going to be definitely very competitive and be fun to watch. Bryce, we get boys basketball kicked off next week. Uh, traditional games, you know, the night before Thanksgiving on Wednesday, some earlier in the week as well. When we look at the NECC on the boys' side, is this Central Nobles Conference to lose? I think so. I think there's, but there is going to be some some teams that are going to give them some challenges, some fits, and it seems like Eastside, who's now head, being head coached by Ed Bentley, they have Gabe Trebino. Um, Hugh Henderson, Owen Willard are all back, um, and, and that's going to be a very tough team to battle with. Westview, with with Rod Yoder coming back as the head coach, have Mason and Brady Yoder that are that are very good and athletic and, and can make plays. Um, and and I feel, but I, overall, I do feel like it, it is Central Noble's um, conference to lose with the, what they have bringing back with Connor Season, who's going to go on to Wisconsin after this year, and Logan Gard, who just signed with Trine. Um, and probably one of the smartest basketball players on the floor that doesn't get talked about enough is Ryan Schroeder, who just does everything for the Central Noble team um, and makes the right plays all the time um, and, and is just a very, very high level of IQ of basketball player. Um, and, and they're coached by John Bodie, who is, you know, one of the, the toughest coaches, um, one, of the, one of the best coaches, I think, in the area. Um, and this team is, is definitely going to be tough to beat. Um, coming off a, a year which they only lost one game during the regular season. All right, buddy. Good stuff. As always, we'll catch up to you two weeks from tonight. We won't be here next week. So we'll talk some uh, basketball in a couple weeks. All righty. You have a great Thanksgiving, and say hi to your new puppy. <laughs> Appreciate it. It's going to be at your doorstep at some point. Uh, no, no, it will not. <laughs> All right, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks, Justin. That was Bryce Vance, KPC Media Group, joining us as he does each and every week here on the High School Coaches Show. We're going to take a quick break, come back. We'll wrap up the show. We'll talk a little bit on Adam Central North Judson when we come back. It's the High School Coaches Show on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Ford Wayne's newest morning show, Two Pros and a Cup of Joe, with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox. You think upon further review, there's some regret about picking up Sam Darnold's option when they did? I think without signing Cam, those things are, like, mutually exclusive in my mind. Like, <laughs> they were already regretting it in the first place. I mean, I, I should have known not to do that. Two Pros and a Cup of Joe, every weekday morning from 6 to 9, only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Get the latest knife info from the area's premier knife shop. Follow Blademan's on Facebook and Instagram today and get the latest on what's happening at Blademan's Knife Shop at the Shops of Scott Road.
Hello, this is Mark, the owner of Blade Man's Knife Shop. I'd like to personally invite you out to the store to check out the area's best selection of quality knives. We carry Benchmade, Hogue, Protec, Microtech, Emerson Knives, Zero Tolerance, and many more. We have the best selection of premium knives anywhere within 100 miles of Fort Wayne. So come in and check out our great selection and have a cup of coffee on me. Before you experience the world-class quality in store, see fresh inventory updates and limited-time specials at the Blade Man's Facebook page. Some inventory, unique colors, and new styles. Only stay in stock for a day or two. So be in the know and update your knife collection the smart way. Follow Blademan's today. As always, 10% discount for police and military and on-site sharpening service. Join the community of premium blade buffs at Blademan's Facebook and Instagram today. Now back to the High School Coaches Show on Fort Wayne Sports Station. 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back for the final time here on the High School Coaches Show. we got a couple minutes before we give way to Inside IU Football with Tom, with Tom Allen, 7.05 later on this evening. New England Patriots, Atlanta Falcons, Thursday Night Football. You can hear all the action here starting at 8 o'clock. We broke down the Andrean Eastside game in detail over the last uh, hour or so, wanted to touch on Adam Central North Judson. Why am I not giving a lot of attention to this game? Because I feel like it's very difficult to see any scenario in, with North, in which North Judson wins this football game. When you look at uh, the Blue Jays and what they've done over the course of the season, yeah, they're 9-3. and three. They lost to some good teams. Tippecanoe Valley was 10-1, and one, but they got you know destroyed by Mishawaka Marion in the sectional. So I don't think they're that good. Culver Academy uh, lost to New Prairie, uh, and they had seven wins. I don't know how good they were. Pioneer uh, also lost in the sectional. So the three losses, yes, to upper cl higher class teams, but none of them won a sectional. I don't know how good they were really. Uh, and, you know, North Judson has, has beaten the likes of Winnemac, Culver, and Carol Flora to reach this point. Good wins for them, but I just don't see the domination that uh, Adam Central is, is, is dishing out right now. Um, it's a road game for Adam Central. Uh, it's never easy to go on the road, but, uh, you know, when you look at what North Judson offers, Cheyenne Allen is their leading uh, rusher, leading receiver. Uh, Logan Radke is a very good defender uh, for them. Uh, leads them in tackles for loss. Has eight sacks. Uh, he plays on offense as well. Uh, I just feel like this game is Adam Central's uh, to really dominate if it indeed uh, plays like it has in the last several weeks. I mean, only one team since week two has scored more than one touchdown on Adam Central, and that was Cherubusco to start the sectional play. I mean, dominating South Adams the way they did last week was very, very impressive, particularly in those conditions. So uh, I like the Flying Jets by a considerable margin tomorrow night at North Judson. I could see the Blue Jays potentially hanging around for a little bit. I just don't think they have the firepower or the personnel to challenge Adam Central over four quarters. So we'll see what happens tomorrow night. Once again, you can listen to the 2A North semi-state game between Eastside and Andrean right here. Uh, on 1380, the fan, 100.9 FM tomorrow night. 8 o'clock kickoff from Butler. Kayla Patch and Shannon Griffith will bring you all the action as the Eastside Blazers try to punch their ticket to the state championship for the first time 
in program history. That's going to do it for us. Thank you to Coach Todd Mason, Eastside Blazers, for joining us. Coach Chris Skinner of the Andrean Fighting 59ers joined us as well. And, of course, our friend Bryce Vance of KPC Media Group talking football, talking a little basketball as well. We're going to take next week off for the Thanksgiving holiday. We'll be back two weeks from tonight. Hopefully we're recapping uh, a couple state championships won by area teams. We'll turn the page to talk high school basketball. For producer John Graham, I'm Justin Kenny. This has been the High School Coaches Show on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Thanks for listening to this exclusive presentation of 1380 The Fan. The High School Coaches Show with Justin Kenny on Fort Wayne Sports Station. 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Download the podcast at 1380thefan.com or wherever you get podcasts. Broadcasting live from the Masters Heating and Cooling Studios. This is WKJG 1380 AM, 100.9 FM, Fort Wayne, Indiana. The Fan. Kicks off at 4 Eastern on Fox and the Fox Sports app. Podcasts by Federated Media.